1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Hour 3 of the G Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a great day. Akash Anwarathan joins us now from at Niners Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Let's uh, let's go across the sidelines here and see what they're saying about this week's Cowboy opponent. And Akash, good afternoon to you, sir. How you doing?
2: Doing fantastic, guys. appreciate you for having me.
0: You betcha. Hey, when's the last time the Niners had a team this good? You know, they say it might be the Cowboys' best team uh, since the 90s. Does that apply for the Niners as well?
2: I think the Niners had some good teams in the early 2010s with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Those were more defensive-led teams, you know, even with uh, some weapons on offense. But the talent that they just have this year, especially along the offensive, uh, you know, skill positions, has been just eye-opening. And honestly, in the back half of the season with Brock Purdy, it's just really opened up everything. So I'd say probably those early, you know, 2010s with Harbaugh, that's probably the last time they've had this this much talent.
0: How surprising would a Cowboys victory be to you?
2: Not that surprising. I do think the Cowboys are a really good team. I've, I've been saying probably since midway through the season that, you know, the Eagles Cowboys and Niners, it's going to be one of those three teams that represent the NFC. And ultimately, obviously the Cowboys have the tougher path given that they were the wild card team and have had to play on the road the last, you know, last week. And then again this week, but they're a good team. You know, they've, you know, Top 10 in both offense and defense, You know, according to Football Outsiders, DVOA, Dak Prescott playing as well as he has this season last week. Tony Pollard looks to be running the ball real well. I think he's probably one of the better running backs that the 49ers have faced this season. And defensively, same thing. It's probably the best defense that the 49ers have faced. Micah Parsons is going to present a huge challenge. Um, I, I do think there are areas uh, for the 49ers to attack, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys were to come away. I think, you know, the line is set correctly. I do think the Niners are a slightly better team, and, you know, the line reflects that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Cowboys walked away uh, advancing to the NFC Championship.
1: Brock Purdy has been quite a story since he's, he's slid in and, and been the starter. How, how different has this offense looked with him versus Jimmy G and even Trey Lance at the beginning of the year?
2: become more explosive i think brock purdy just really understands the offense and i think that's what's so mind-boggling because he's a seventh round rookie and typically you know to get a full grasp of kyle shanahan's offense it even took matt ryan a year and a half but it seems like brock purdy just understands where to go with the ball and i think shanahan does a good good job of breaking opponents defensive rules and finding holes in the defense and scheming up good plays and it's on the quarterback and the offense to execute and Brock Purdy has just consistently done that. And he's done that at a higher rate than Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And ultimately, I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know where he goes from here. But given the team and the talent around him and the coach that he plays for, he's probably been the best uh, quarterback that they've had since Kyle Shanahan's arrived here. And that says a lot. Um, and, and we'll see. It's, it's his biggest test so far this season. The best defense he's played on the biggest stage with the most pressure. So we'll see how he responds to that. But so far, he's answered every test, and so I, I would see why there's no reason for him to continue that uh, on Sunday.
3: Kosh, the 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 49ers went out and made a really aggressive trade. You know, when you start to talk about with Christian McCaffrey, and as you follow this team through the through the season, did you see that type of a move coming, or was this something that like were you thinking, well, hey? If they had this one piece, then it would make all the difference in the world of them going forward.
2: I think they were really struggling to run the ball early on in the season, and there were a multitude of factors that played into that. I think Kyle Shanahan and his offensive staff really designed their run game around having Trey Lance, a mobile quarterback who would add a rushing element. Obviously, he went down in week two, and then they go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Elijah Mitchell, their starting running back from last season, he goes down in week one and misses seven, eight games there early on in the season. So all of a sudden, you've got a rotating door at running back. Their running offense had to change. And so they were struggling to find an identity and establish, establish a rhythm on offense. And I think at that point, their season was kind of in the bounce given how much talent they had. And they went ahead and made the splash move for Christian McCaffrey. And it was surprising to me, for sure, given the price, given how many picks they had to give up in order to get McCaffrey, and obviously he came with the injury concerns. But he's been he's been invaluable. Honestly, he's been the MVP of this team outside of Nick Bosa, probably. They've been 11-1 since they got him. They've been the most efficient offense. They've averaged over 31 points. I think only the Cowboys have more points per game in that span. So they, they've been exceptional. And a large part of that is what McCaffrey does, not just as a runner, but as a pass catcher on third down, as a safety valve for the quarterback under pressure. Um, And he just does so many things for this offense and changes it schematically and, uh, you know, really makes it it hard for defenses to be able to cover all those weapons. And I think McCaffrey is the key that unlocks that.
0: What's the, uh, from a Niners perspective, what's the matchup that's most concerning?
2: I think it's Micah Parsons up front. I think Micah Parsons, I imagine he's going to spend a lot of time on the offensive right side. I don't think he's are going to waste much time trying Trent Williams over there. He's going to be lined up a lot over Mike McGlinchey, and McGlinchey has improved this season as a pass protector, but it's still an area of weakness for him, and so that would be the area of concern. Obviously, last year in the in the wild-card playoff game, I think Parsons really split his time between off-ball linebacker and, and edge. And I, I imagine he spends a lot more time at edge rusher. And so that would be, you know, an area of concern. He's easily the best edge rusher that the 49ers would face this season. And uh, he he could certainly, you know, wreak havoc um, to your offensive game plan. I would say the other area uh, that would that would give me some concern is C.D. Lamb, who lines up in the slot a lot. I think he takes about 50% of his snaps there. And that's an area that, you know, the 49ers – can be exploited. I know Jimmy Ward uh, who was their starting safety last year, he stepped in and he's been their nickel corner. And so I, I just think that's another area where they're liable. CD Lamb's a fantastic player and he can certainly take advantage of them. So I do think there are a couple areas like that that certainly worry me. But um, overall, I think there's there's advantages for both teams to attack. And I think the 400s have a few more areas to attack than the Cowboys do.
3: Akash, you mentioned about Jimmy Ward and stuff like that. And you know, I, I, my experience of working in the National Football League as a scout, I've got a lot of buddies that, you know, in the league that played the 49ers, and they feel like that if you attack the middle of the field, that's a problem for the 49ers. Is that something that you see uh, uh, covering the team on a daily basis?
2: I think it's the seams more than the middle of the field. Generally, Fred Warner uh, and Dre Greenlaw do a good job of manning the middle of the field. Uh, I think since 2018, since Fred Warner joined the team, I think the 49ers allow the fewest completed passes in the middle of the field, but it's more so down the seams, down the hashes that you can really attack them. Um, It's just, it's hard to defend that area, just given their secondary, uh, given their safety play. And I think that's an area where C.D. Lamb, Balton Schultz can certainly take advantage. Um, But ultimately if, you know, uh, in order to allow those routes to develop and pass hit those rush. deeper plays, yeah. pass protection is going to have to hold up. Yep. And the Niners' defense is really built around that pass rush. So I know the Cowboys are going to be without Jason Peters this weekend. So if they're able to help protect Dak Prescott, uh, I imagine he tries to take advantage of those teams. I know they hit a slot fade last year to Amari Cooper um, against one Williams. So it's an area that they, they will look to attack. And uh, I think it starts up front uh, with their pass pro.
0: It's Akash Anavaratan here from Niners Nation with you on 105.3. The fan, are, are, are our listeners are really enjoying you, uh, man. Uh, probably maybe more than than your listeners would like me right now, Akash. But we really appreciate you <laughs> dropping all this knowledge, man. You're doing a hell of a job. My next question, ESPN's FPI favors the Cowboys. What do you think of computer models like that? Is that reliable data if Cowboys are looking for hope? <laughs>
2: For some reason I never believe in ESPN's FPI and I don't know why. I think it's ESPN's FPI and five thirty-eight. They come out with these weird models. I never know what the inputs into those numbers are. I really do enjoy staff and analytics and things. Um and also looking at, you know, previous matchups and stuff, but I always hate, you know, the one singular number where they just tell you like, hey, this team has sixty or seventy percent chance to win without knowing, you know, what goes into those models. Um, and yeah, I think ultimately, I think this is like I said earlier, this is the smallest line of the weekend. I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend. There's a reason <laughs> it's in the prime time slot on Sunday, and so you know, I, like I like I've been saying on the show, I think the Niners just have a slight edge, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys were to win. So, but back back to your question, yeah, I'm not a huge believer in the computer models. Like that.
0: We've talked a little
1: bit this week about Dak's ability to to run, and and he showed that against Tampa Bay, and he's starting to get back to it a little bit more. It seems like maybe running quarterbacks have given San Francisco some problems defensively. Would you agree with that or or not so much?
2: I think there's this general sentiment with the 49ers defense dating back to 2019 that they struggle against mobile quarterbacks. I actually think this year that's been – a much improved area. I think they've given up the fifth fewest rushing yards uh, to quarterbacks. I think a lot of that came in week one against Justin field when it was a monsoon, the field was in shambles and it was hard for defenders to get uh, their footing in place. But since then, I think they've done a pretty good job. Um, they do give up these occasional scrambles on the long third downs. Say they're in man coverage. A lot of these defenders have their backs, uh, to the quarterback, and in those instances, sometimes they've been taken advantage of. But in the designed quarterback run game, they've done a much better job this year. I know that's not necessarily an element uh, of Dak's game. I know his ability more is predicated on extending the play and um, you know making defenses pay when the play breaks down. So it's going to be an area of emphasis. Uh, I think they did a pretty good job of containing that last season. Um, and ultimately, it's going to be on those linebackers, Fred Warner and Greg Greenlaw. To stay true, uh, maybe they keep one of them home on Dak Prescott, but I think those two guys especially have the athleticism to stay with a Prescott uh, if you were to take off.
3: Is there any concern with the faithful there of with D'Amico Ryan's interviewing for jobs, uh, you know, with focus? Has anybody, have you guys addressed that? It maybe, you know, him having an opportunity. Do you, how, how do you look at, a, uh, you know, your your coordinators getting interviewed for these jobs when playoff games are still ahead?
2: Personally, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of that. Just in general, I don't like that you know the coordinators and assistant coaches have to be focusing on you know game planning and game prep as well as interviewing, uh, just because it's a, it's an awesome opportunity for them as well to you know elevate their careers, and it's unfortunate that they're preparing for that as they're preparing for some of the biggest games of their career. I know D'Amico Ryan. I think he had like three or four interviews yesterday. I think Dan sure. Quinn had a couple interviews today, right? So it's like it's coordinators on both sides and. I think it's unfortunate I do think I know Kyle Shanahan spoke about this earlier this week he just thinks you know he trusts D'Amico Ryan to be able to handle his time well ultimately you know, the 49ers especially on the defensive side of the ball have a deep staff who has been here now for a few years they're well versed in game planning and that type of thing so I I trust that whatever the case is they're able to they're able to manage that and I don't worry that D'Amico Ryan's focus is necessarily, you know, on those jobs and not on the Cowboys and the task at hand this week. And same goes for Dan Quinn, who I know has a couple of interviews coming up.
0: How sexy is the Quinn versus Shanahan matchup?
2: Ooh, it's the, it's the one that I'm most excited for. And those guys, obviously they go back to Atlanta. I know a lot of people are calling this the 28-3 bowl. And Kyle Shanahan probably knows, you know, Dan Quinn's scheme as well as anybody. And probably same goes for Dan Quinn. And I think that that matchup is going to be uh, really fun to watch schematically to see how they attack each other. And Shanahan got the best of Quinn last season, and we'll see if uh, Quinn's able to respond and uh, throw some things at the 49ers offense
0: this year. Speaking of coaches, Akash, are people talking at all about Kyle Shanahan and and comparing to Bill Walsh at all as far as being an innovative uh, offensive mind?
2: I think more so over the last back half of the season because up until then if you just look at kyle shanahan's six-year career here san francisco the first couple of years were rough they just didn't have the talent necessarily to compete obviously had the super bowl run in 2019 and that's really when the comparison started in the sense that you know they're both they're, mo- they're both offensive-minded coaches um and really have a philosophy and an identity and that they stick to 2020 they were hampered by injuries and get to the playoffs and then these last few years have been up and down. They've, they've been more of a defensive-led team with an identity in the run game and a, and a passing game that, that uh, plays off of that. But the back half of the season with Brock Purdy, you, you see what Kyle Shanahan's vision on offense is. They've been explosive. They're, yeah, I think they're second in points, like I mentioned right behind the Cowboys. They've been extremely efficient. And they've averaged, I think, 37 points over their last four games. So they're looking fantastic, and I think now people are starting to see, like, wow, you know, Kyle, when he has the pieces around him, is able to put up points in bunches. And I know a lot of the older 49er fans, especially the ones that grew up in the 80s and 90s, certainly make that parallel. And uh, someone that's a little bit younger, who didn't necessarily grow up in that age, uh, you know, I'm enthusiastic with what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do as, uh, as an offensive mind here.
0: It, it is damn impressive. Now, are are we thinking that Brock Purdy is the next guy or that Shanahan can win with just about any quarterback in the NFL?
2: I think it's somewhere in between. I don't know if Brock Purdy is the guy because when you look at their offense, I mean, they are loaded top to bottom. They've got two really good wide receivers. They've got a fantastic running back. They've got a tight end that's probably right behind Travis Kelsey. Their offensive line's actually been – you know, top 10 in terms of pass blocking efficiency this season. And then you've got Kyle Shanahan who creates a ton of open plays and open plays for his quarterback to hit. And it's been on Brock pretty just just be the point guard and distribute the ball. And I'm not sure what will happen, you know, if Brock had to play with a lesser supporting cast or was on a different team necessarily. So I don't know. I don't think we have enough evidence yet to say, well, he's the guy. But at the same time, I think you can say that if Kyle Shanahan with the right type of quarterback and the right pieces around him, you can see what his uh, offense is capable of. And, you know, this season, obviously he's been able to do it with multiple quarterbacks. And ultimately I think the goal here in San Francisco is to try to build an offense that's not quarterback dependent. And they've dealt with a ton of quarterback injuries here in the last four or five years. And they don't want their season to get derailed when the quarterback goes down. And so far this season, they've been able to manage and, I think that's kind of the that's kind of the formula that they've tried to employ here.
0: And, and what are we thinking here in terms of uh, the? Is this going to be a defensive game, or are we going barn burner style? Because I think we all kind of feel like there's going to be much more points scored in this one than there was last year.
2: Hundred percent. I'm thinking shootout as well. I think these offenses are are explosive. I know the Cowboys came into last year's game with the number one offense uh, by a lot of metrics, and they were held fairly down, but. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. I think the 49ers are going to put up a lot of points. Ultimately, I think the difference in this game is going to be a turnover. That's generally what these playoff games come down to. And I think the quarterback and quarterback that's been more prone to turn over the ball this season has been Dak Prescott, right, leads the league in inter- interceptions. I know he had a great game last week. And then on the flip side, the 49ers' defense also number one in takeaways. They're number one in turnover differential. I think ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. There's going to be a possession or two where the Cowboys have a turnover at, at an inopportune time. And I think Brock Purdy, who's, done, who's actually done a pretty good job of protecting the ball, will continue to do so. And that's going to be the difference. And I'm thinking higher scoring, you know, high, high 20s, low 30s. I don't think it's going to be like a 23-17 game like last year.
0: Friend close to me said you were the best Niners reporter and uh, you, you, you paid off on that promise. Akash, thank you so much. That was terrific. And uh, enjoy the game, sir. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Salute. There he is, Akash, from at Niner Nation on Twitter. If uh, if you are, are so inclined, give that man a follow, you know, especially if you're a Niners fan here living in DFW. All righty, when we come back, it is uh, time for Woolchuck's Top 10 at 420. Where are we going with that, sir?
1: National Cheese Day. I've got the Top 10 Best Cheesy Foods. No, you don't. Next on The Fan.